put it on a mountaintop Now tourists come and stare at us Blow bubbles with their gum Take photographs of fun Have fun Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we are flashing back to 2009 to discuss Mark Webb's 500 Days of Summer. This was his first feature, I believe. Stars Joseph Gordon-Lovett and Zoe Deschanel, along with a few other faces. Chloe Grace Moretz being the most uh, famous Clark of them. I was about to say, Agent Coulson, dude. Clark Craig <laughs> is great use of the one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> I, I do have the uh, Jeffrey Arend and Matthew Gray Goobler play Levitt's two best friends. And actually, I think they they hold up pretty well and are pretty funny, even if Jeffrey Arend's uh, Mackenzie is kind of a chauvinist douchebag. But that's kind of part of the problem with the whole movie i noticed rewatching it who picked this movie for us john john tell us why you pick 500 days of summer and then we can get into a little bit more yeah well i think you i think you allude to it when you talk about kind of the problematic portions of it i wouldn't say anything's problematic in this it's movie ve- yeah it's no blade Runner. i guess yeah maybe it's just a little retrograde <laughs> um just like the idea that you're kind of aware from the get-go that your protagonist isn't probably not necessarily unreliable well i guess you could say unreliable in the terms of their perception of the events as it's happening and i appreciate the movie's very postmodern take and self-aware take on that so like everything from the dance number through on his commute to work to the movie that he sees after they've broken up where like he's in it he's in three movies i believe in that yeah something like that which has some of the best like comedic bits i think in the film and in any film almost the movie's really self-aware of that aspect of it being told specifically from someone's perception of reality not actual reality i mean it's reality it's just his reality <laughs> well i get i mean i guess that's why it's postmodern. but i, I love that because i think in that way it's a very accurate and that seems weird to use the word accurate for a very postmodern take a relationship but a very accurate depiction of what it's like to go through a relationship like that being so idealistic and wanting so much and holding someone or maybe not even holding someone but holding the idea of someone at such a high regard and then have that come crashing down and not meet your expectations and not only the depiction of that struggle but also kind of the way out of it and then and just sort of the naturalistic way it it took in tom's sort of like healing does he i don't um okay (laughs) well i i will say it does it does feel a little bit unearned i will say but in the way that tom was looking for summer to be this sort of like bright shining exemplar of true love and the final like consummation of true love in his life um just sort of like he was looking for that and how that wasn't reality i think for him to have like one clarifying moment necessarily to kind of turn him back and like set him on a new course i think that's kind of unrealistic 
but rather showing the process and the constant influence of his friends and his loved ones and his family, such as with his sister. I think that was more of an accurate depiction of what it's like to get through a breakup like that. You're also assuming he's going on a new course. Yeah, he definitely decides to go back and do the exact same thing at the end of the movie with uh, Autumn. Yeah, should we fear for Autumn? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he's had... I think the kind of takeaway from this from this movie is because summer doesn't necessarily negate time. That was the other thing that I thought found so interesting about this movie. Summer doesn't negate Tom's belief or Tom's worldview or perception or like this idea that like, no, true love is a thing and true love has so much emotional kind of indicators with it for sure. But the other like almost most important thing about true love is that it has to be mutual. And it has to be something that both people kind of agree on and arrive to. And so I think that was one of the well, but, huge but summer's, of- summer's takeaway at the end is not that it's something you agree to or work towards. Her whole thing is, is it's there when it's there and it's you can't force it or make it happen. I mean, that's what she, she basically tells him is like she just met this dude and she knew like that was it. And the other person felt the same way. They didn't have to work towards anything. They were engaged and married within like three months of her breaking up with Tom. Which also goes to like show kind of her, like the, the, how kind of like, I don't know the word, but just kind of like of the moment that she is, you know? Maybe. Yeah, I guess. I think though, one of the big, the thing you have to look to at that moment is that from the get go, Tom should have known with the way that Summer's like indications and her feelings towards like, well, Tom is horrible in this movie. He doesn't listen to anything she says to him throughout the entire movie, basically. Like this movie is like a textbook way not to go through a relationship. I think from Tom's perspective. And I don't know if the movie knows that. Does the movie put a question to everybody? Do you think the movie thinks Tom is right? Or do you think it's more judgment as judgmental of him as I felt of him the second or not the second time, but watching this movie? I don't think movie I agree with either years. of those options. Okay. I don't think I don't think it's trying to pick a side. But I But I, it, it it is Tom's side. We don't get to know enough about Summer. Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's going out of his way to like defend him, but I think it also that, yeah. it, I think it paints him in an unflattering light. And it, but it, it kind of leaves it up to the viewer to, uh, to like. Yeah, I mean, at one point it is like, oh, come on now, though. When he goes on that date with, I wish I could remember the actress's name, but he goes on a random date with someone and she just basically oh, yeah. spells it out to him. It's like, you yeah, know, did, you, I, did she tell you what she wanted from the very beginning and you didn't mm-hmm. listen? Yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> I believe that was Rachel Boston as Allison. Yes. Was she from One Tree Hill? She looks super familiar. American Dreams. American Dreams, that's right. American (laughs) Dreams. Britney Snow. (laughs) Shout out to all you American Dreams That was a good show that got canceled too soon. Anyone remember when... We're not talking about American dreams. 
Yeah, you've had your five minutes of monologuing, John. <laughs> so, John, do, how did this stand up for you? Do you hold this in the same accord as you did before? I, th- I, I think so, actually. And when I was watching it, I really actually... It maybe felt a little bit higher, too, for me. Because in terms of the plot and the story, and kind of, I guess, the message you can take away from it, as well as just sort of the directing and the pacing. And the we were talking earlier, I think, on not the previous episode, but the episode beforehand, the soundtrack, um, and how the sound... Or no, you guys were mentioning at the end of the Captain Marvel episode how amazing the soundtrack is. And that's one of the things that, like, really stood out for me. Well, first off, in the trailer. Like, if you've never seen this movie before, just go watch the trailer, because the trailer is, like... The trailer utilizes that music and that, like, playing with emotion, like, really well. So it's just a comprehensively good movie, I think, in my in my standing and i think that was confirmed in the second watch or second or third it's been a while but it's not i guess it's not my second watch through and it might i don't know it might i always waffle back and forth on my like fifth best movie of all time i feel like you guys are still making up that word i mean i pancake back and forth oh god damn it i mean i pop over from here to there on different <laughs> issues okay if you're gonna do pop tarts at least say the whole word <laughs> No, I said pop over. Yeah. What's a pop over? Like you'd make it in a muffin tin. Um, yeah. So John's still loves slash might be one of his favorite movies ever. I and Lauren <laughs> both reviewed this for the site and I brought it up to the crew here. And we both were super, super high on this movie when it came out. I think it made my top 10 of that year. And I, I didn't definitely. Know you were that high on it. Damn. I am definitely not in that range anymore i still think it's an enjoyable movie and like john said the filmmaking is really strong but i just have a lot of issues with the scripts and the characterization of tom and whether how intentional that is or not yeah so do you with that characterization is it that you think he's written poorly or you just don't like the character i don't like i know and that's what i'm saying i don't know i don't think he's written poorly i think he's a very real gatekeeping asshole that exists in the world and what do you mean i don't think summer should get a tattoo on her ankle either (laughs) (laughs) i i just don't know if he i don't know if the film intended him to be someone that you can furl your brow out or if they actually think he is great lauren how does the movie hold up for you I'm sorry. I'm just looking at popovers right now. Why would you? Why would you want a hollow roll? Like the inside of the roll is the best part. It's supposed to be light it's and like, airy. Yeah, it's, light, stu- it's airy light and airy and because it's... you're eating air. There's nothing there. This is stupid. It, well, Do you fill it with like something? Really throw some butter. Too. Throw some butter in there. But why don't you just cut a normal roll in half and you have more roll to eat? Tell me what you feel about 500 Days of Summer on an S3 watch. Um, like, I'm not as disappointed in the movie as I am with popovers, that's for sure. <laughs> like, I, when we were talking last week, I think I kept attributing uh, Regina Spector's Us to the song where they do the um, reality verse expectation section. Mm-hmm. And I think me remembering it that way speaks a whole lot to my memory of the song or the movie and how i felt about tom back then Mm -hmm. like i just saw him as a hopeless romantic and now i Mm -hmm. have a different view on him that (laughs) oh he's definitely john you had your turn um (laughs) no yeah i was i was gonna agree with you sorry uh but no i forgot where i was going tom was a hopeless romantic not so yeah like i definitely don't like him as much as i did then but i don't 
like it doesn't make me like the movie less it's just a character Mm -hmm. but it is who he is i recognize some of myself and some of his hopeless romantic stuff like which is a lot probably why i loved it so much a decade ago Mm -hmm. and like i mean i wouldn't give it an a now but i would still give it at least a b i still really enjoyed it i think the reason it went down for me is i just wanted i wish this was the summer movie not like 500 days of tom or 350 days of tom you know (laughs) like she seems such more uh, authentic and interesting character to me which is interesting because i remember this movie and zoe in general getting just dinged for being the manic pixie dream girl type but that is not what she is in this movie no. at all. I no, don't think. yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate that she was characterized that way. Yeah, you know, usually, I mean, you do get Summer's point of view a lot of times in movies. It's you just do. usually it's a man. <laughs> like the roles are switched. Yeah, I think. One- uh, I mean, that is intentional too. I mean, th- I think this is supposed to be a romantic film where the genders swap positions. Like Summer was traditionally more a man type approach to dating back in the day versus his more romanticized version of it which i think is an interesting premise but let's just let's just put it this way if tom and Gigi from he's just not into you met up sparks would fly <laughs> ben tell us some stuff so um when i when i watched it originally i i thought it was all right um i really like the soundtrack that definitely is what stuck out to me the most both times seeing it i saw for the first time probably like a year ago so it wasn't Mm. way way back and going back to it this time i liked it even more actually like i it went up a full star for me uh Mm -hmm. now i have it at four out of five um Mm -hmm. i and like like lauren said like you're not even if you don't really totally like tom which i mean you obviously shouldn't but he's still like a well like well developed character like he's not he's not a I great agree. he's not a great guy but i mean the the writing and jgl is amazing um i think the kind of like that that crushing i i mean it ends on a happyish note yeah but i love i love how it really does look at their relationship like in a in an honest light where it's like there were good things and there were bad things like i i know someone who who not too long ago got into a really bad breakup and i thought was like something that happened to him like he he was only looking at the good at first it's like i i need to get her back yada yada and then after a while he kind of started you know realizing it was it wasn't a perfect relationship for either of them and they're both better for it I, and I think it's really cool that Chloe Grace Moretz as like the younger, the youngest yeah, person in this movie. She's is like the wisest. <laughs> yeah, and has that line like, "Tom, I know you think that she was the one, but I think you've only been looking back at the good things." And I think if you give yeah, it but some then time, that, you'll that see leads it. to the movie like basically. I don't know. It was it was weird to have that. Her he then reflects on their last day together basically, and. He sees the bad side of things, and then it's like the movie kind of feels like it's like, oh yeah, she was just a grumpy bee. And yeah, so I didn't. I don't. Even... That's not. That's not what I saw. Like what what I saw was she was unhappy with where their relationship was going. Oh, she... I no, I I no, I think I think her portrayal is 
accurate. I'm saying but, the way he reacts to it is is not fair to her, I don't think. Well, of course it's not, but people have emotions. 100%, yeah. yeah. I did not appreciate how angry he was. I was just going to say, I appreciate that one of the first things he says in the movie is, I don't want to get over her, I want to get her back. But I'm just super happy that we don't actually have to go through that in the movie. Like, he doesn't actually ever try to get her back. Because that would have been... Then I probably would have disliked his character now. Well, it also took him like 45 days to even... Talk to her, yeah. Going out with her, so... He was developing the plan, and then he fell into the encounter with her, which then crushed his soul. Which I'm just saying, usually that's how a movie would go, where it's like, oh, mm. they get their storybook ending after all, when it's like that's not truthful. So I do have, I do have one question though, and not to again, like, I want to clarify that one of the learning points of this film is when people enter into a relationship, they've got to have an understanding as to what both people are looking for and expecting and if there's a disconnect there then it's just not going to work out um and it's unrealistic to maybe hope that or it's unrealistic and unreasonable to be frustrated with the fallout of that if it doesn't work out but in the chance encounter on the train and at the wedding when they're hanging out and kind of like rekindling their friendship at least that's what um summer thinks on her end does anyone think it maybe was maybe a not i don't want to say insensitive if or you maybe, say she's leading her on, or leading him on i'm gonna be mad at you not even she's leading him on but like could, well okay hold on can you define what you mean by that term because i leading yeah. him on <laughs> implying that there'll be more to the relationship than there is going to be more than friendship she okay we're, we can get ahead of your question here because it's obvious where it's going she does she didn't owe him an explanation of anything she wanted to be friends invited him over i mean yes if she would have told him i'm engaged that would have been nice but she also but it would have ruined like, his wedding yeah <laughs> his could have ruined the, wedding. that wedding that yeah i don't, could have yeah, ruined I don't think she weekend. was leaning him on i think she was just because i i think it just it didn't really it didn't she, come up it wasn't the right time to tell her <laughs> to tell him yeah yeah maybe yeah, and how big of an asshole should would she look like if she's like oh yeah i'm engaged now just right at, you know like I, I, I don't know. She's in an awkward situation. No, that's there. fair. I just, maybe... Especially with knowing how he is. Yeah. I guess the kicker... Which is a raging asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the kicker for me, it was... And I guess nothing about that really felt... But like, the entire interaction at the wedding... No, it was fun. It was lighthearted. There was nothing, like, serious about it. I know he brings up the whole dancing aspect, but that doesn't even bother me as much. I guess it was the falling asleep on his shoulder on the train... That kind you of can't got me. control that. She was probably sitting up perfectly, like up straight when she fell asleep and, and, and fell over. Was, and I mean, again, it's she. He's a friend that she trusted, you know. And once I fell asleep on my grandma's shoulder, that doesn't mean I want to bone my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope it doesn't. Lord. Um, I think, I think it's a little bit different of a dynamic when there's like cross generational, and I I don't even know how to approach this. Don't. <laughs> I was gonna say carefully, but yeah, I don't know. I guess especially because she will break a hip. Yeah, it, like the timing of that was just like you guys said was in apropos. But I, at that last bit, I don't know. That's still kind of stung as well. Well, see, you're kind of coming at it like she's being unfair to him, but she's not. Well, she 
Like he was be- he's the character that's unfair to her because he expects that she'll change. Once they once they break up, she doesn't owe him anything. They're done. I mean, she didn't owe him anything ever. Like well, she told I know, him exactly what she wanted. Well, no, I would say if you're, da- I know, but if you're, if you're dating, if she was in that and she slept with someone else and didn't tell him, I think that would have been a little bit crossing the line. Even though she said she was kind of cash, but like after they break up, she doesn't owe him anything. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Are you Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I mean, I'm not. I just because you know, I'm not surprised at this take after the five movies that would explain yeah John to people. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently He's I'm a raging white does. nationalist. Yeah, how is how is you've got mail not in that collection? <laughs> is it wait? Is that a serious question? You seem to love that movie. I do like that movie. It's just not. I don't know. It's it's not racist enough. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty white. Yes, yeah, true. Dave Chappelle brings a little uh, diversity to it. I had a couple random notes I had here. Nobody loves anybody's knees, so that's how we knew he was delusional very early on. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting I that don't he's know. N- what you, you like a no. Knee? I was going like to make another knee? joke, but after my one about a grandma, <laughs> it's probably gross. <laughs> I was just going to say baby knees are pretty cute. Oh, I thought God. actually cut this out. <laughs> Some people like Disney. <laughs> A movie Disney's. Oh my god, you're getting fired. (laughs) Someone cancel Ben. The I think my favorite scene from the movie and actually helps me side with they knew what they were doing with him, like they didn't think Tom was great, is the scene where she kinda opens up to him for the first time and And he makes it about him. Yes. And he's like (laughs) he's not even listening to the story. He's just so excited that she's telling him and he's never told that story to him i was like fuck you like that's where i was done with him but i also think like the movie i I think that's a good sign that the movie so i that's where i was kind of left hanging on like where i I was down on tom but maybe i should be giving the movie more credit than i am kind of thing Mm -hmm. which i still think's a really good movie and i would very fun to watch but um yeah i i really had the I was really thrown for a loop with um, Tom this movie. And also, what does a puma have to do with penis size? Must be a white people I thing. Have I have no know. idea. He wasn't white. Wasn't he in, wasn't in like a French? <laughs> no, the guy. Wait, he was dated. he Italian? Was that what he was? Where, where's Sienna? Someone look up where Sienna Europe. is. So maybe he was white. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, also I wrote the penis game is for assholes. <laughs> Interpret that as you will. <laughs> I really wanted to kick him in the face too at the end when he was still giving her shit about liking Ringo. It's like, oh god, he's the worst. <laughs> it's amazing that like these last two, like ro- like male, like this and forgetting Sarah Marshall were heralded as these like great new representations of men in the romantic comedy genre of leading men types and i like fucking i fucking hate both of them now um <laughs> yeah but 10 years ago you didn't i didn't i know which is crazy mm-hmm. tom or what's his face from battle angel they're they're pretty close to each other jesus <laughs> <laughs> that is that, well, at least here joseph gordon lovett is a well-drawn-out character who is Active. is 
competent really movie. good actor <laughs> but they're both pretty awful <laughs> to be i would i wouldn't want to be around either of these people at this point in my life <laughs> especially if he eats your food that's when i hated him <laughs> dick did anybody else think the narrator was like we can't afford morgan freeman i I just I didn't I came to me at the no, end. No, I video, didn't. So. I didn't think. I don't know if you want Morgan okay. Freeman after like. Yeah, he's got his own. Evan problems. Almighty. It's like <laughs> that. Yeah, a little too his omniscient. Nature, point of March view. of the Penguins. <laughs> you don't want to make people sad by his narration. <laughs> we talked about. We can touch on the filmmaking a little bit more and get to the standout scene of the movie. What? Uh, um, this dance sequence. The... Or Spider-Man 3 dance sequence. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. I gotta be... God damn it, Zach. <laughs> the, the dance scene was great. It seems too a little cutesy nowadays. It's still fun. Um, and I it, it really felt new and special back in the day, I remember. But I don't know. It didn't wasn't as charming this time. But the Oh yeah, but you reality, don't like the character it's based on. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> The reality versus expectation scene still is just yeah. a knockout. It's a lot shorter than I remember, too, though. I, I remember going a little bit longer. But, um, yeah, did that stand out for everybody before? Has that gotten stronger, better? Yeah, I still loved the it. Same? Yeah. It, is, it the, is it the editing or the music? Is it the music? What's the best Both? of that sequence? Um, well, I'm never going to say anything negative about Regina Spector. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you don't but have to I say also anything just, negative. Like, the visuals were equally great. So Yeah, I think... Yeah, the, I, the concept in two is just yeah although it yeah, did bother it me that like even as expectations versus reality it's like why did he start at a different place why is this different <laughs> i mean i think for for me it's yeah it's like all three like the idea of it is just brilliant the way it's executed uh like the way it's shot is phenomenal yeah, and then the in, editing of it to yeah. balance out the back and like so yeah. you don't feel like you're missing anything too is really and well the music well. the music is just like perfect like mm-hmm. just these just kind of heartbreaking at times too like oh <laughs> i'm not sure another thing that didn't work as well for me was you're giving some props to chloe grace moretz which she's very good but like the idea that she's the sage old i don't know it's, well, I don't again, think she's. Just, I don't think she's like a sage, but I think she's a much wiser than her you know, years like kid, girls you know? develop mentally faster <laughs> than boys, and, and she's just further she's, along than her brother. And apparently, she she said she had at least two boyfriends, right? So she's mm-hmm. maybe she's gone through this scenario before. No, she's too level headed. <laughs> but I fucking lose it every time I hear her say, "Tom, it's just easy. Stop being a pussy." Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, the juxtaposition. And well, for, for me, it's like, it's like, I've got like two minutes of the bench laid on me, kind of like, <laughs> just like. It wasn't uh, even that. It was like, she gave him like 20 seconds or something. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so great. Just like, you know, I'm taking a break. I think Tom yelling at the coach was my favorite part of that bit. Like, <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, I need more time. Also, how did Zoe Deschanel not get uh, her own like full singing scene at the karaoke but they give joseph gordon love it sounding terrible and screaming and like he got like a because whole this was his movie number. i know but <laughs> but yeah but it's Zoe like sing. usually things jump at the opportunity to get to people who professionally sing to sing on their stuff yeah she's singing on the soundtrack but um yeah, yeah. 
but uh what was the oh the what was the jim carrey movie oh yes, uh, man. yes she, man no yes like, man she gotta got, be a little more specific she got a well it was always just deschanel she got a whole musical number in that movie i sometimes forget she was an elf too She's nearly. Wasn't she also in the happening? She's like unrecognizable. She's been in a lot of things, guys. We don't have to list it all. (laughs) She doesn't look like herself in the the, the elf. That's why. Yes, she does. Isn't she? You're weird though. Like you, you had that one image where you're like, this looks nothing like her, and it looks exactly like her, just because her hair's different. (laughs) It's a different color. (laughs) You guys are weird. Anybody else have anything else they'd like to say about 500 Days of Summer? Uh, I mean, one thing I could say that hasn't changed in these 10 years is I still very much want a chalkboard wall. Yeah, I think that... You can do that. You can buy paint for that. I know, but then it's just like, I have a black wall in my house. That's kind of depressing. Not if you draw on it. I'm too precious about drawing things. I'd be like, the perfectionist comes out and then nothing so, would ever so be So you're saying wall. you don't want a chalkboard wall then? No, I, I, I want the idea. I'm like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love the idea of the chalkboard wall. You just have to wait for the chalkboard wall to feel the same way about you. Yep. I love the cut, the the music and the cut to when he tells her to look up is also a, fa- a great moment in that movie. And also, speaking of Blade Runner, the interview at the end of the movie is <laughs> the the building at the end of Blade Runner where he goes to... I was wondering that. It's like, how do you... It's such a weird thing because he's supposed to be this big architecture guy but they don't acknowledge that it's the Blade Runner building because it's like, maybe it's not in that world. Who knows? Blade Runner doesn't exist in the cinematic universe, I guess. It exists Um, in the same one as Soldier. Fun fact. They really should have made... It was was a no-brainer to make a 500 Days of Tom movie. Some movie did this. That doesn't sound as well with uh i think it was called she no she and him's the name of their band um (laughs) but jessica chastain and him and she oh i always meant to watch that but i I didn't i was kidding i I, no No, it might be it's a movie with um is it the one with what's his face face? professor (laughs) x james mcavoy james mcavoy yeah uh something eleanor rigby Oh yeah, the life and death of Eleanor Rigby. Her, yeah. him, and them, and them is like edited the two her and him movies together. It was a really interesting comment uh, or a comment uh, concept. Uh, yeah, I meant to watch those, but then when I saw there were three of them, I was like, "This is too difficult for me." Well, you could just watch them, and if you want the gist of it, I don't think I ever watched them though. I watched her and him. Her was better than him. Um, yeah, Jessica Justine, good actress. I guess the only other thing I have to say is no one should ever look at Yvette Nicole Brown that way. It's like, why you can't be disappointed in Yvette Nicole Brown. <laughs> Minka Kelly is a babe. Maybe stop saying gay is an insult. That's the only other thing. Minka Kelly sounds like Jennifer Lopez. Did anybody else pick that up? Oh, no. I thought you meant no. her name. I was like, those sound nothing like. No, also, no, her uh, voice. John. She sounds Minka Kelly is also she was Friday in, Night Lights. Um, yeah, uh, she's Night she's Lights. she's horrible in Friday Night <laughs> Lights. Great. I hate her in Friday Night Lights. I also love her in Friday Night Lights, though. Whatever. How did she not make it? Yeah, she, like she well, she was, was in Friday Night Lights. She's still in stuff. I think she's. She felt like she should have been a bigger thing than she. She was, was recently in Titans. Okay. I haven't watched it, but I'm looking at her IMDb page. Uh, I <laughs> wouldn't say that was a great role. 
Kyle liked it. That's all I know. We, would you say it was a good show? Uh, until the that's last, your answer. That's the your last answer. episode of the new one. <laughs> okay. 500 Days of Summer. Uh, our next movie is going to be 1999 flashback. Lauren's pick, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, one of the underrated gems of 1999. It gets better every time I've seen it. Ben has not seen it. John, have you seen it? No. And uh, yeah, go watch that. Um, it might be a little hard, but you should definitely try to find a way to find it. And until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter at the Grigsby Bear. You can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And you can also follow us on Twitter where you'll get updates for when we post origin content like Ben's review of Resident Evil 5. As well as podcast episodes. And that's at Middle of Row hashtag Nova. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Also, go watch Aquaman. It's available for everybody to see now. Yes! Then watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. He never ever saw it coming at all. He never ever saw it coming at all. It's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright. He opened wide your comes, original sin. Open wide you comes, original sin. Open wide you comes, original sin. It's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright.